<laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Mike's Open Journal. And a big welcome to Laura, who is my guest today. Do you want to introduce yourself, Laura? Hi, yes, my name is Laura. I'm 20 from Essex. I'm a psychology student at university and I have a blog where I talk about my experiences of anxiety and depression. Hi, and thanks for coming on today, Laura. Oh, thanks for the experience. Uh, <laughs> you don't know if it's going to be nice yet. <laughs> oh, dear. So we um, we originally met uh, on Twitter. I can't think exactly where. On, like, sure, on... you were definitely the first kind of mental health person I found. Yeah. I remember talking to you and then you introduced me to the hashtag talk mental health from oh, Hannah. Okay. Yeah which is an experience that I'm very grateful for, <laughs> definitely. It's, it's such a good chat, isn't it? And we were just talking um, beforehand about um, like another kind of uh, bloggers catch-up meet-up that we're going to go to um, in a week's time, which will I'm be so really excited. cool as well. So we're both really looking forward to that, aren't we? Yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait to just meet everyone and just know that I have like this group of friends who gets what I'm going through. It's mm. really nice and comforting. I think it's been a really cool way, like you say, to kind of meet people and um, have a chance to talk a little bit more openly about some of the stuff that affects us that I guess we don't, I don't know, that we don't have a chance to talk about or don't feel comfortable talking about a lot of the time. Yeah, and I also think it's really hard sometimes to just open up to family and friends and because we don't know these people in person always, it's sometimes easier to talk to people you don't know as well in the beginning. Yeah. I think because you don't feel, um, I don't know, you feel like a little bit less judged. You feel Mm. like they understand it a little bit more because they've gone through maybe not the same illness or challenge as you, but something similar (laughs) in that it's a mental health illness. Um, And I also think sometimes it's really hard, like you say, to to open up to like family and friends and those people that are around you on a bit more of like a regular basis or who have known you a long time? Yeah, I think my family kind of took to my diagnosis very well. I was very lucky in that respect. My friends also were supportive but found it difficult to support me on individual cases where I feel anxious or depressed. They didn't really know what to do. And even if you sometimes send them in the right direction, they still feel like really lost. So it was nice to have the community of friends I've now made to go to on those individual times where I'm struggling. Mm. I think it puts a little bit less pressure on people, I guess, as well. When you've got um, like a larger group of people that you're able to talk to rather than it's great if you've got that one person that's quite close to you, but sometimes it can be a lot of pressure to put on a parent, a partner or a best friend. Yeah. So to have that kind of big group of people sometimes is um, kind of a bit of security in, in itself, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I'm very grateful for it and all the friends I've made. Cool. So, um, as you mentioned, um, having your diagnosis, um, what type of uh, mental health illnesses are you affected by and kind of how did that start for you? Well, I was diagnosed in June 2016. Yeah, it's 2016. Wow, in 2017. Don't know where that's gone. Oh, no. With general anxiety disorder, GAD, and depression, originally I had severe anxiety and moderate depression, but I think with recent therapy, it's kind of alternated a bit because that can happen, apparently. Um, I first noticed symptoms of anxiety, and that was in late 2014 in a relationship where I noticed that I'd be, like, clingy unnecessarily or worrying about things that were just not going to happen. For example, if someone didn't reply to a message, I'd think they'd hurt themselves or something had happened to them. And it was really uncontrollable. Um, and the worries would just spiral worse and worse. So that's when I first noticed it. And then the depression... Those symptoms kind of came about in February 2015, roughly, where I think it just hit me. I was at University of York at the time, which I'm no longer at, and I couldn't get up to go to lectures. I didn't want to go out and do sports that I was part of or, like, spend time with friends. So that was really hard. But then as soon as I got, like, left University of York and came back home... I went and got diagnosed and from then on things have been a lot better and I've got the support I need so I'm very lucky that's really good and I think it's interesting you mention 
like the way that your anxiety started with worrying about kind of not having that reply from someone because I know um, when I attended group therapy it was something that someone mentioned there um, mm. and while it's something I've kind of I've not really experienced myself but I've heard other people talk about it was quite an interesting thing to to see where it is that um, is that concern and that worry and it's a real struggle for them to let go of that and um, they were sort of mentioning that even though they know it's irrational it doesn't make any difference because there's still that panic and that worry um, yeah and she would have to I think it was like her I was it a daughter or a son and she would have to phone them like not constantly but numerous times each day um, yeah just to check they're okay like it wasn't a hi how are you doing like what's going on or what have you done since it was literally just because she she needed to know that they were okay um so I don't know if there's are there like a specific example or anything like that that you could kind of help maybe some other people to sort of understand what that can feel like and how difficult that situation can actually be well originally when I first noticed that I was doing things like that it was the same with calls as well so if I called someone and they didn't answer I'd start to worry Mm. originally when I first felt like that I felt really like stupid and clingy because obviously I was in a relationship like I said I felt really clingy Mm. and um, my boyfriend at the time wasn't very nice and used to call me clingy so it didn't really help (laughs) Um, I don't think I understood what was happening but it would be like if I text someone especially if someone someone I really care about if it's just like oh just some stranger because apparently I do that very often then I won't mind so much I'll presume they've got a life but if it's someone that I'm really close with and I text them and um it's been like let's say an hour or two that I can't like the physical symptoms will come first so like my heart will start beating a bit faster and I'll get really warm and start like getting clammy hands and stuff and think oh no it's coming so then what tends to happen is i might try and call them and reach out in a different way to try and settle in think oh you know they're fine and then eventually when they get back i'm like why was i worried it's one of those like oh why was i anxious nothing's happened which happens every single time Mm. so it can be quite frustrating but it's something that i recently went through with my therapist and it makes a lot more sense now because anxiety is very structured And it's very, so like there's a certain strategy that goes through your head in terms of from the original triggering action to the anxiety attack, which is very useful. So is that a case, do you feel like having kind of experienced that for a certain amount of time that you're now able to kind of recognise it a little bit earlier and it doesn't affect you as much or you're just kind of better able to cope with it? Um, sort of all of it. I mean, I can definitely recognise straight away when I feel anxious regarding anything now, not just the texting, because mm. um, the heartbeat will get faster or I'll feel a bit restless and need to like walk around and can't sit still or something. So those are like, the first symptoms. But, um, yeah, I'm, no- I'm normally fine with it now. It depends on the person. So, like, my mum, for example, who's also got minor anxiety, mm if she doesn't reply straight away which she always does because she's got anxiety then i'm more likely to worry it depends on someone's normal pattern yeah so um one of my friends always takes like bloody five hours to reply or something (laughs) i'm used to it so yeah i'm I'm a lot better with it now and i'm definitely more open with it and i know it's anxiety i'm not so quick to hate myself or say oh you're so stupid you say this like i understand it's part of my condition Mm. and not necessarily something i can control right now i think that's really good though like you say that you are kind of you're you're more able to cope with it recognizing it as well and also i think that um i wouldn't call it common sense it's that judgment of um like the different people the different ways you interact with them and understanding like you say that um if it's your mum it's maybe more important or more um like significant if she doesn't reply to you within an hour rather than someone else who might not reply for a couple of hours or a day or something like that yeah um i think that's sometimes like really difficult sometimes as well to judge because your natural instinct is to like worry and care about that person yeah um and i know uh oh it's a couple of weeks ago my my sister phoned me and she was worried that she couldn't get hold of my mum and she was like oh she's gone out and I've not heard from her for a little while and 
Um, I thought she was going to come back or she was going to phone me. It's been like a couple of hours. Mm. Um, and I said, I wouldn't worry. Like, I'm sure she's fine. She'll like get in contact with you or whatever if, if something's wrong or she needs to get hold of you. Yeah. And she said to me, when should I start to worry? <laughs> and this is, <laughs> this is a, um, I think this is about five, maybe six o'clock in the afternoon slash evening. And mm-hmm. I said to her, well, I'd probably start to worry like tomorrow lunchtime. <laughs> oh, my God. No. <laughs> she she like, meant, she definitely meant half hour or hour. <laughs> yeah. she, I think she was looking for like seven o'clock, eight o'clock. Yeah. Like, ah, <laughs> no, nah, tomorrow lunchtime will be fine. <laughs> oh, God. No, I definitely get that. <laughs> it is that. There's judge- been many times when I've arranged to meet a friend yeah. and there's always one friend that decides that 7 p.m. means 8 p.m. And obviously I think they're dead. So <laughs> they meet up with me eventually and they're like, Nora, yeah, why do I have 20 missed calls and 16 text messages? <laughs> oh, you know, I was just wondering, like, you okay? I'm here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, how about you reply? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh dear. So how did, obviously you mentioned, you mentioned that um, the way that your anxiety has kind of manifested itself, um, starting off kind of a year before you felt you were affected by depression. Do you feel yeah. do you feel like there was a link between the two at all or do you feel like they're kind of completely different things that are affecting you? Um, I know chemically they're linked for sure, but obviously... Mm. I think sometimes when I'm anxious, it can spiral into depression later. Because, for example, if I get anxious about something, um, let's say um, that, you know, my mum's out or something and I don't know where she is, which is very rare, and I can't get hold of her, then I will start to sometimes feel really down about having the condition and just really dislike feeling like this and that can spiral into depression so I feel like they're quite intermittent but always it's anxiety first then depression I don't think my depression makes me anxious Mm. um I think that's mainly because my anxiety is stronger like I have severe anxiety moderate depression so it's more likely that the depression will be like the aftermath Mm. um and obviously the symptoms came around later in the beginning but they definitely have knock-on effect I've noticed that yeah, I think it's it's like it's different for different people, but I I know I think like when I've struggled or when I have like an episode and I definitely feel that the the negative side of just that low self-worth or like the failure or like oh why am I like this or why do I have to struggle with this definitely yeah. eats into you after um, not necessarily after something happened, it can be during, but it's kind of once something's started to get towards its peak. So I can understand how you say if you sort of um, not necessarily work through, but that anxiety starts to take hold of you and you worry um, and there's a lot going on there. And then that can lead into those um, kind of depressive thoughts as well as part of that. And then once the, the anxiety maybe lowers, then you're left with the like the depression side and that yeah. then lingers on afterwards so um i think like you say it's there is going to be a link there but um it's interesting that they're quite close together so i also feel like because i've had anxiety for longer and like we spoke me and my therapist about how i possibly had it since childhood okay. which is shocking we'll get onto that later um <laughs> i think that I'm more used to my anxiety. So if I'm out and about and I feel an anxiety attack coming on, I know to just like go sit in the car or go to the bathroom if I have to and just like let it all out. Normally means a lot of crying. Mm. Um, But when it comes to depression, it normally starts from when I wake up and I literally can't do anything until the depression has passed. I will lay in bed and I will just cry and let out all my negative emotions because I can't hold it in for the whole day. If it decides to come in, I have to let it out then and there. So it can be quite annoying, especially if you've got a lot to do, but then stress affects it. So <laughs> it's a lose-lose situation sometimes. Mm. Yeah, and like you, um, like you said, it can be difficult as well. If it's first thing in the morning before um, you're kind of cracking on with the tasks and the things that you want to do in the day, but then that potentially sits over you for the rest of the day because you're always like, oh... I should be like an hour ahead of what I'm doing or I miss time in the morning and yeah. um, it, it can really sort of set you off on the wrong foot. And I think that's 
that can be really difficult. I know um, some of the people we've spoken to before uh, with the like with the Twitter chats and things like that. There's mention of, um, and I know for myself, especially in the morning, like you say, trying to trying to just get out of bed can be such yeah. a struggle. Um, and the the difference that I notice on like the days when I you really have to and want to get up and you're able to do it there's such a big difference in the day maybe not the day overall but definitely for the morning um more positive outlook yeah because you feel I think you feel more positive and there's also that like recognition of oh do you know what like I just I did it today like I got up I got out straight away there was no like hanging around that didn't get me as much today and um definitely gives that positive vibe to you I think yeah I've also noticed as well that I don't know if this is anything to do with seasonal affective disorder I mean I don't have it but I feel like at this time of year and like before in the festive season it really I felt so much more depressed than I did in summertime yeah so dark and gloomy i mean okay christmas generally makes people feel more happy but i'm not a fan of christmas Mm. so as you know um so i just felt depressed probably for an entire month but january's i think january is better because i feel like you know fresh start cliche new year new me news resolutions and Mm. things like that i just feel like it's much more positive than december i'm not a fan i think like you say there's a lot of um i guess emphasis socially as well put on that oh it's a new year and a new start and not many people kind of think of it oh it's just another week or another day there is quite a lot put on that fact it is written that it's a new year and it's a new chance to try different things and like you say with new year's resolutions and stuff like that and um yeah, I think there's a lot this year about New Year, New Me. I've seen that <laughs> quite a lot. <laughs> Same. And, um, not by me or anything. No, uh. there's well, a few. It's interesting you say that because I think there's a few. Um, maybe it's just because I'm not reading every single story because there are so many. Yeah. Um, but some of those stories are really interesting ones that the way people have uh, made a really big decision or made a big change. And it is kind of like they're having a go at a, a new them rather than like oh yeah new year new me i'm now i'm not gonna eat quite as much and i'm gonna exercise a bit more like that's not really a new you that's the old you just you're gonna exercise a bit more (laughs) i understand the skepticism of new year's though because year on year sometimes i've been like yeah new year new me and then it's failed halfway through january and sometimes i'm like no it's just a new day but i think because i didn't have a great 2016 Mm. i just felt like i needed a fresh start like i've changed my name Mm. from swift to davis yeah and my blog obviously i created today in november i think it was like november the 11th it's so new it's my baby (laughs) um and i'm just watching it grow and just loving writing blog posts and doing well at uni so i just feel like most things are more positive especially as my first therapy session was in december Mm. and that was just an introductory session so my first proper session was in january so it kind of just rounded it all off for me I just yeah I feel like that kind of brings up like a few things that makes more sense to me like if you said new year new me like there's a, there are things there like like you say you're going into therapy which should really help you um there's a lot of stuff that could potentially change the way that you think act feel experience mm-hmm. life um you've changed your name which is obviously a big change as well um and there's lots of stuff going on that mean there could be quite a a, uh, like a tangible change to you yeah um which is quite cool i feel like that's just it, it's just kind of happened at new year so it means it's kind of it just fits with you it's not like oh it happened in october and you're <laughs> yeah you've sort of waited I'm like, oh yeah now like, well no it's like your fourth <laughs> therapy session you're already going to therapy but you've, <laughs> you've just kind of started and it's all happened to sort of sit at the same time so um i think that hopefully that's a really positive thing for you and it can really be a uh that 2017 change and a chance to um really have like a positive impact on you as well yeah i hope so i mean 2017 is going to be my year another cliche there oh my god (laughs) it can't be your year 
No, it is. Because it's going to be my year. No, my year. I got in there first, right? Oh, dear. Um, I'll hold out for 2019 or something. Yeah, yeah, I'll be your year. So as you mentioned, you've got uh, like a website and a blog um, over at laurajdavisblog.com. Yeah, you did it. Right. So how did that kind of start up? What was your reason for uh, for starting? Um, and how have you found it so far? Okay, so I was reading a few people's blogs. Yourself, Hannah, Megan, Laura. And I really like the idea. Mm. And I have enjoyed writing. And I thought mainly for my mental health, it would be a really good way to document everything. Yeah. So during my recovery process if you want to call it that it'll be nice to kind of look back and see how far I've come and I just like the whole community so when I first started it I was really nervous November the 11th that's my date November the 11th 2017 guys put it in your diary it's a birthday okay um, so I did it and I did my first post, which is just something really simple, like A to Z of me. It makes me cringe now and it's not even that old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that you're allowed to say you cringe. It's like, like a couple of months ago. That's that's as bad as you're posting it now. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, guys. It's staying up for you lovely readers. Um, and then I started to talk about my mental health and people really lovely. I just found I got such a lovely response from bloggers not bloggers big bloggers youtubers all sorts of people i got a massive following on my twitter i think i've only got like 32 followers on my blog which i think is amazing i don't know i've only had it since november and i'm just like 32 people want regular updates on what i have to say am i that interesting (laughs) (laughs) i'm loving it i'm so happy i made it and it will be nice to obviously because i'm documenting my therapy as well Mm. and interviewing people and i've added like a little photography session on it because i love taking photos so i'm really excited to see where it goes it's really cool like it's really it's just really cool to hear you just talk about it because (laughs) it's uh not that the other stuff is bad but you're you're like the voice your voice and the way you were talking about this is so much more positive and so much more upbeat than um like what we've been talking about before which is sometimes some of the hardest stuff that we're we're going through so it's really cool to hear you kind of very like audibly change and be more positive (laughs) about um kind of the website and the blog and stuff which is really cool yeah i'm really happy i made it but then First of all, it was laurajswiftblog.wordpress.com. Then I bought it, and so it was laurajswiftblog.com. Then I had to change it to Davis, and then everything went weird, and I thought I lost my blog post, and I was like, it's all gone. I just realized I had to change the domain. This is what you do if you create a blog and you don't know anything about the internet. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say I wasn't sure whether you changed your name before you changed to, like, the .com, because I thought, I bet that's awkward to change over yeah i like it i'm loving it i have to say my favorite bit. this is gonna sound really bad my favorite bit of the website is your banner because oh no because it's like got the pink and purple that i do quite like with white writing which i do quite like and i like the font as well thanks (laughs) i made it myself i'm such a font whore same You know, on each post, most of them I do like. I think it's like that playwright script or something where it's really handwrite like. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Definitely. There's some advice. Oh. <laughs> I yeah. love using fonts. It is. It is nice. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, on your site, like you say, you've got a few different things. You've added photography, I guess, quite recently, and you've got um, the mental health section that you. Um, obviously talking about your own experience about um, therapy, which we've kind of touched on a little bit. Um, But you're also doing like an interviews series, I guess. Yeah, I've just started it and I interviewed Megan Reese first and it went really well. And it's nice to learn more about my friends as well through asking them questions. Because obviously, although we're friends, we don't necessarily know everything about their mental health. Mm. We might just be friends for other reasons. So it's nice to interview people. I think it's quite a cool way as well um, to to do it as well. I, there's so many 
um, awesome opportunities now to kind of uh, collaborate and work with other bloggers or podcasters and yeah. have that chance to sort of interact. But a lot of those do usually not that it's a bad thing but it's like oh have you got an idea or do you want to write like a guest post or something and it's quite cool to see that it it's something different like you are asking questions and I say they she <laughs> um <laughs> she is answering your question it's not like a oh can you give me like a a little bit of a story about yourself it is a bit more um not necessarily involved but there's a bit more communication going on there like you said it's kind of more like oh this is my friend or this is someone I know and I want to find out a bit more about them and this is just kind of a record of our conversation sort of thing yeah it's more structured as well which I like Mm, not the um like I say it's not a bad thing but it's just because I think it becomes quite similar you get a lot of sort of guest posts for things which is cool if like there's a set topic but it can be really hard if people keep on asking for guest posts and it's just like it can be anything sometimes that's quite difficult to do I think um especially where I don't know about you but like a lot of the people that I talk to do now have like their own blogs or their own YouTube channels and so it's quite difficult for them sometimes to give um like a decent post away sometimes yeah I also feel like because there's quite a lot of like mental health blogs, podcasts and YouTubers, it mm. can be hard to be original. Because yeah. I say, for example, the topic of self-care, I did a blog post on it, Hannah did, Megan did. I'm sure you've talked about it on your blog. It's so yeah. popular. So it's hard to be original sometimes. Mm, that's true. I think that that's it's, it's that crossover, isn't it? Like in terms of mental health, that's great um and each post will be slightly different and will appeal to different people but Mm -hmm. at the same time as a someone producing content is that a content provider um (laughs) i guess like that makes it a little bit more difficult like you say to try and stand out or do something different and um i think like the interview series is probably something like that because i i've not seen i've seen it one other place but i can't remember where but i've only seen one other um so it is like it's, I didn't know that was an original thing. I just thought, it, oh, I'll do this. It does well. I just, I just don't think it's like a common thing. So it's quite a cool, like you okay. say, it's something different, um, and it gives someone a bit more of a focus when they're writing or talking to you as well. Um, yeah, definitely. So I think that's quite good. Uh, how I really have you? Enjoy it. Pardon? I really enjoy it. That's cool. And you've got, like you say, you've got a few people lined up and stuff for for the future as well. So it'd be interesting to read um about those people in the future and i guess a big thank you to megan for being your first yeah i'm so grateful and then she asked me to write for hers and i got so excited it's really (laughs) nice i I do vaguely remember seeing something that it was like i can't remember which way round it was it was one of you posted like you posted about megan on one day and then like two days later she posted about I was like, all right, all right. <laughs> we love each other, okay? Hands oh. up. <laughs> but I definitely think the important thing, I know you say like, yeah, I'm a content provider. <laughs> I don't see myself like that. Yeah. I guess I'm writing for me. Mm. So even if it is similar to someone else's experience, and like we say, like mental health is different for everyone else. Even if it is similar, I'm writing it for me. Yeah. So I want my experiences to be documented. And I'm really grateful for like the little following I have and the readers that I have. Mm. Friends and family messaged me and said that they're really proud of me and it's so nice. But at the end of the day, like I said, I'm doing it for me. So I'm just going to write what I'm happy with. I think that's cool. That's a good way to be. And um, I know like that's how mine is kind of based in that, like you say, you can you always know who you're writing it for then. Like great if other people like it and want to read it um but you always know like are you happy with it do you like it like what do you want to know what do you want to look at what do you want to talk about um I think it makes it easier to measure as well then because you're like am I happy with it do I like it um would I read it and that's really good and it's quite a nice balanced place to be I think as well yeah and I also think that with the photography section on my blog like I literally added that a couple of days ago yeah and I did ask people like I did a pause like are you interested in reading it and people said yeah but I was gonna add it anyway I was just curious (laughs) (laughs) just because (laughs) (laughs) I've made my own decision up guys what you said doesn't matter no (laughs) I just feel like I think on my Brighton post and if you've read it if not check it out 
Um, I put that I've been a lover of photography since I was about 15 years old. Mm. So it was a shame to kind of let it go. Um, so it's nice to bring it back in this blog and like its own little section. So I'm excited about that. How how do you feel about having like different sections? So like you say, you've got your mental health, you've got some beauty stuff, lifestyle <laughs> and photography. Um, I guess... I guess you've kind of answered this in that you're writing it primarily for yourself that you do have different interests and different things that you want to kind of record and document as well I guess yeah I have a life how weird <laughs> you weirdo <laughs> I have other interests I'm not just my mental health guys oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's nice to also write about beauty and stuff which actually gets a lot more views than you think I wouldn't think that I would get that many but I think my best post is the um new year new name one i think that's got something like 175 views or something i was so happy about that oh, that's awesome <laughs> it's nice to know that people want to hear about my name change story go check it out laurajdavisblog.com <laughs> <laughs> hashtag plug <laughs> <laughs> the opportunity's there <laughs> oh, dear. um so you've mentioned a couple of times like how um going along to therapy is something that you, you've just started and seems to be already making like a really positive change uh what's your what's your kind of overall experience of that been so far i know you've only had a couple of sessions um yeah. but how have you kind of found it initially well i've had two sessions so far and i'm really glad that i've had this opportunity because the wait time for me was six months and yeah, I can sit here and complain about how bad that is and everything. But now that I've got it, I'm so glad I waited out for it because mm. I was considering for a while to go private. But obviously, I just wanted to see where this would go. And my therapist is really nice. Um, he's really understanding of my situation. Anything I'll say to him where I feel like, oh, I feel like I'm just being stupid or whiny, he's always there to reassure me that it's perfectly normal and other people have felt like this before. And it's really nice because then I feel so comfortable to talk about how I feel. And I don't think I'd get the best out of the situation unless I was really open about my experiences. Yeah. We've talked about some pretty difficult topics like my relationship with my father growing up because obviously my parents got divorced when I was three and a half and we didn't have a great relationship says the name change yeah. um we talked about that we talked about past relationships and things some of which are quite difficult to talk about but I've always come away feeling a lot more positive and like really excited for the next session I have them weekly mm. or I think it I think I've got six more so eight in total but I can request more if I need okay. and it's just like my little safe space if you like so I can go and just open up no judgment and walk out of there feeling a lot better mm. Do you feel like already that's made a difference in the um, kind of the way you look or the way that you treat yourself? Yeah, I definitely practice a lot more self-care because obviously like I did a post about it back in, must have been November, December time. Mm. Um, but even then, over December, it was hard to practice because of the depression and stuff and makes it harder just to do anything. Yep. Um, but then I spoke to my therapist about it and he was like, highly recommend to do this, that, this, like walk or go to the gym or have a bath or anything that just makes me feel good. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely helped a lot. Um, and I feel a lot more positive generally. I think I have a lot more like spring in my step. <laughs> <laughs> And um, optimism just about my whole mental health situation because before you get any help, like this is my first set of therapy. I'm thankfully I've never been in a mental institution hospital, don't really know anything about them. Hmm. I've just been on medication before this, and I just thought, oh, am I going to be on medication for the rest of my life? Like, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, if you like. So, it's nice to just be more optimistic about resolving the issue in the core or recovering. Hmm. So your like your therapy at the moment is that uh, like a one to one thing? Um, you you don't have like a group or anything like that. So it's like a one to one therapy session. Yeah, it's one to one cognitive behavioural therapy for mainly my anxiety, but also my depression too. Cool. Do you think like for me? I know um, like I've had it before. Uh, I've only had it once actually where they sort of said, oh, it's like a period of, I think you said eight weeks in total. Yeah. Um, but actually, like, at the end of it, we'll kind of judge whether we think 
you'd be better off with having like a couple more sessions just to help you um, kind of pick up all the information that you need or make sure you've got the support that you need from the sessions like that makes such a big difference to not think right it's six or eight sessions and then that's it yeah that's what worried me in the beginning and I raised that in the first session because I didn't want it to just be like here's your tips bye like yeah. rest your life good luck throw in the deep end I don't think I could do that because you get reliant on the help and you know you kind of get a bit of an attachment to your therapist I've heard that's very common because mm. um, I've helped you so much so it's nice to know that I can have some more sessions or I can get treatment in a deeper way like um I can't explain it just like a more intense cognitive behavioral therapy if I need it after this so it's nice to know that there's support afterwards yeah I think it makes a big difference I think you're more even if you don't have anything extra afterwards I think it just makes you a bit more relaxed I guess yeah as the sessions go on because you feel a little bit less pressure on yourself and you're like oh if I get to the end and I need a little bit more help or I need signposting to something else I can do um and I don't know I always like self-defeated so I'm like this probably won't be enough for me but at least there's going to be something afterwards <laughs> <laughs> come on mate you can't think like that oh no <laughs> <laughs> um but i found with the um like i've just finished my second lot of uh my second program of group group therapy um we had like a review session afterwards Mm. um and i'm gonna have um some like one-to-one stuff following on and they said exactly the same as you've kind of just described where it's a um i think between like a four to eight week period that you have sessions for but then even that is flexible and I'm like, oh, it just sounds really nice in that the number in the first place is flexible. And then that number is flexible again. Um, so <laughs> yeah. it just sounds like so um, we're here to kind of um, make sure you've got the right support before you kind of go off on your own and you try to practice some of this stuff. Um, and if you need to come back in the future, you can do. That's not a problem. Um, and I just think the way i don't know if it's just me i know like we've spoken before where like i particularly struggle with like the kind of the communication and relationship side but actually having someone that you can talk to quite openly honestly um that you feel like they kind of get it um makes a huge difference and i think um i have had one session before where it was like um an evaluation session and as kind of like the bit towards the end like the closing bit they were like sorry so this has all happened and we're going to look into this and now what would you like to happen and what do you really like what are you worried about what do you really not want to happen and um so I said like one of the things I'm worried about is going away after today and basically nothing happening and not hearing from you for like six months or whatever um and kind of not getting any like extra support or information or anything and yeah. they, they said, oh, no, don't worry about that. We'll have a letter out to you within the end of the week or whatever. And I was like, oh, OK, that's good. And I felt like quite good about the session anyway. So that was the right answer yeah. for me. Go off. Didn't hear anything for a week. And I was like, oh, well, maybe it takes them like a week to send it out. And then maybe it's a little bit longer in the post. So I waited mm-hmm. like another week. And then it had been two weeks. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, my God, like how much thinking time and I thought I'll wait a little bit longer so I waited over like a weekend so it'd been like two and a half weeks yeah um and I thought I'm just gonna have to phone up so I phoned up um and at first they couldn't find my records and I was like oh my god like it wasn't even that long ago I was in but it's long enough ago that there should be a record that I came in um and they said oh the person that you kind of spoke with isn't here today can you phone back tomorrow it's like yeah okay so phone back again tomorrow um and then they said oh we've got the information that um you're already engaging with something now so we're recommending that you continue with that um and we can't offer you anything else at this time and i was like well that's not what they said while i was there and i've had to phone you to find this out and like what's the point in asking someone what is like the thing that you're worried about and then basically doing that i was like absolutely ridiculous because as far as i'm concerned yeah if i didn't phone up they wouldn't have contacted me um and i found that really annoying and i think that's sometimes where there is that gap where it is about having that good communication with them but also <laughs> feeling like they've got it with you as well yeah um, because that definitely led me to feel a bit annoyed about 
that particular place, which I've gone back to since, and it's perfectly fine. But yeah. I am reluctant to talk to that person again. <laughs> yeah, so I'm okay. happier that I'm working with other people. Um, so I think a lot is to be said, like you say, for that relationship that you have with um, like the therapist or the receptionist or the people that are there that affect your experience. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I was on the waiting list, I was often rung by, do you know Healthy Minds? Mm, I recognise the name, but I don't know. Like It's like the umbrella term for all the therapies you can receive. I don't know if it's just Essex and London, maybe okay. if you haven't heard of it. Yeah. Um, and they kind of rang me up a lot and was like, asking how I was you know because obviously I waited quite a long time mm. what I thought was quite a long time anyway six months often change um to see how I was and I spoke to like sometimes the same woman sometimes different women and they were all really lovely I never kind of had to speak to any like receptionist or anything because me and my therapist just meet in like a local church and just go and sit in a room oh that's awesome so it's nice yeah I think I'm that- really lucky have that kind so it probably of... helps build up that relationship as well where you're meeting in person rather than on the phone yeah definitely cool i'm uh... so anxious about meeting him <laughs> it's so weird like you go to therapy and you're anxious i'm going to get help for my anxiety by feeling anxious on the journey oh. yay <laughs> That's like, it's... it's like a first exposure before you even start <laughs> yeah before we start tell me everything that's wrong with you oh god, <laughs> oh, god. <laughs> i've heard some pretty horrific stories about the way some places do treatment for anxiety and i think well exposure therapy yeah i don't oh, i couldn't imagine it i get that to some extent i suppose you need to do that i don't know but the way it's more used for phobias though isn't that where you just kind of throw someone in the deep end kind of what does that mean does that mean kill my mom like seriously i don't i think so for you say it was a case of like um uh say you send me a message now to say like oh are you okay um knowing that i've already told you that you're going to text me um but i'm not going to talk to you for two days i'm not going to reply to your message i'm not going to listen to phone calls i'm not going to talk to you and you know it's going to happen because you know beforehand but you would still be um like oh i know we've organized this but i still don't know like actually are you okay like could you just reply with a blank message or um just like pick up the phone but don't talk to me or something like that um and i i, I don't know i guess it's the way that it's kind of communicated and oh I just, that sounds like my worst nightmare. You're making me anxious. <laughs> I, I just, do you know what I mean? I think yeah. you can. Maybe it's one of those things. It works for some people and it doesn't work for others. But because I can understand kind of the theory behind it, but in practice, I'm just like I don't understand how that helps anybody. I know, but like I was saying, for for phobias, I've heard it's like more useful. But I don't see how it works for anxiety and depression. Yeah. However, my friend Liam, I don't know if you know him on Twitter. He's quite new to Twitter and has a blog and everything. Okay. He's got anxiety and depression too. And they're going to give him exposure therapy for anxiety. And he's really scared about it. Okay. Thankfully, they're not putting me that way. But wow. Cool. You need to get him onto your interview series and find out what it's like afterwards. No, yeah, I was planning to. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Well, it'd be awesome for us to read. I don't know if it'd be awesome for him to do. No, I don't think so. Yeah, no, I'm not sure. Worried. I wouldn't want anyone to go through that can you imagine as well because obviously I think phobias come under the whole anxiety depression OCD because they're all kind of linked you know social anxiety anxiety mm. disorder I've I heard s- the phobias are there oh, I don't know I don't oh yeah I don't know I don't I wouldn't put a phobia as depression at all I wouldn't put it as it is anxiety though isn't it um... It's, I'd say it's linked, obviously. It's I different. guess it has elements of anxiety. I don't yeah. particularly... I don't particularly see the... Oh, I guess with anything there's a link, but I don't really see how it comes over to OCD. Um, I've just seen them all linked together. Like, when I spoke to my therapist about it, he says he uses CBT for phobias as well. Yeah... That must be really hard. Can you imagine if you have a fear of a spider or phobia of spiders, whatever, and they're like, here, just put a spider on your head. Yeah. That's like my worst nightmare anyway, and I don't have a phobia. So I can't yeah. imagine. Oh. <sighs> that wouldn't be great. No. 
<laughs> Sorry if anyone's listening and has a very weird spiders, I'm not going to do that to oh, you. <laughs> that's, oh, yeah, that's not great. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like we can't end on that. We need to end on something positive. <laughs> tell, me, tell me something that you're looking forward to, to doing this year. This year. Hmm. Okay. So meetups. Yeah. And did you know I was going to say that? I was hoping. <laughs> so obviously, do people know that you've arranged this meetup next weekend? Um, you and I, I don't know that. I've mentioned it before on here, but I don't think I've said that it's me doing it. Um, well, you lovely listeners, Mike's Open Journal, together with Geek Magnifique, have arranged a meetup in Southampton, and I'm so excited, as well as the hashtag talk mh1 in april arranged by hannah rainey in london i'm so excited about that it's gonna be so cool and also i will finish my first year of university and going to second year which is really exciting because i didn't have a great year when i was at the university of york it's like a proper big achievement i'm really excited about it that's awesome and seeing where my therapy goes and what happens with my mental health hopefully it will be good When do you finish for the summer? Because you must finish quite early. I think about May, mid-May. Cool. That's... Oh, so when we have the London meet-up, you'll only have like a month left. Yeah, pretty much. Oh. I think that's just before exams. It might be my Easter break. Oh, oh, do you have exams? Yeah, I'll be fine. It's all good. I'm on, I'm on course for a first or a two one anyway, so it'll be fine. That's very good. In your first year as well. Yeah, thanks. Oh, dear <laughs> me. Remember, I struggled in my first year. I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, hardcore stuff. Well, <laughs> I had a first year, technically. Didn't like York, so... Oh, yeah, I suppose. It's my second first year. <laughs> it's like your prep for first year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> foundation year or something. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so, Laura, if people want to kind of find out a little bit more about you, want to chat with you after the podcast, like where can they find you? Where's your, um, where, where are you? Where am I? Yeah. So my main blog and I have an email. So my blog is laurajdavisblog.com and my email, you'll understand why if you read my blog, but laurajswiftblog at gmail.com because I couldn't change that around, but it's fine. My Twitter and Instagram are lauradavis underscore 96. I've literally, I was confusing myself earlier. I've just, before we started recording, I've changed your name on my phone because I was getting messages yesterday and I was like, oh, this is really confusing now because... Like, I sort of know you as Swift, but I know you as Davis, and oh, I was like, oh, this is too confusing. I was like, I've just got to change it over on my phone, and then yeah. you just always pop up with the same name, and it's not so confusing. It was so funny as well, because my friend's reaction, when I told them, they were all like, oh, yeah, it's great, like, you changed it. Well, I can't call you Swifty anymore. Your name is Swift. I was like, guys, I'm sorry. Swifty! <laughs> <laughs> I said they still can. I was like, but it doesn't mean anything to me. All right. <laughs> it's a past me. I'm not going to lie. I thought the same thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Mike. <laughs> I'm so disappointed in you. I was like, oh, no. Davisy isn't quite the same as Swifty, is it? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. I like it, though. But Swift, I always used to get told, oh, my God, are you cousins with Taylor Swift? Oh, my, oh my God. God, Swift. <laughs> I've been like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in primary school, I used to say yeah. And people believe me, obviously, because it's primary school. <laughs> oh, um, well, thank you very much for, for coming on, Laura. And it's been really interesting, I think, to talk and find out a little bit more about your story um, and obviously about the cool stuff that's going on with your blog and website. Um, but also, I think more because I know you a little bit more, like it's been more interesting to hear about kind of the therapy and the fact that that seems to be going really well um, and seems to have had or be having um, quite a positive yeah. impact on you as well, which is really awesome to hear. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I'm very grateful for this opportunity and now I can breathe. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so, obviously, a big thank you to Laura for being on the podcast today. Um, but also, kind of an open invitation, kind of. It is an open invitation um, to anyone that's listening. If you're interested in coming on to the podcast in the future, um, do get in contact through the website, which is mikesopenjournal.com, or go over to Twitter where 
me and Laura and a few other people as well seem to base ourselves. We don't really worry too much with Facebook and some of the other places, although I am on Facebook. Um, so you can find the podcast over at open underscore journal underscore, or if you're happy to um, accept all of the ramblings that I put on there, um, you can just find me <laughs> at Mike underscore Douglas underscore. Um, I noticed it the other day when I looked. I will recommend. When I looked at like the number of tweets, and mine's got like twenty thousand, and the podcast has got like two hundred. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, the podcast one is very concise. It's like here is a here is a podcast episode. Here is a blog." Um, yeah, and you go over to mine. It's like, oh, I think this about this. Oh, it's National <laughs> Penguin Day. <laughs> oh, WWE. Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> Are affected in our own ways. Like it's basically just a group of people that chat <laughs> getting yeah. together. So you don't you're not gonna know. Like you say, you might know five, six, seven people really well, and then the other 15, like, not at all. I know. Oh, it's so nerve-wracking. But it'll be so cool. Like, I'm just looking forward to... What's your second one? So you're, like, not going to be... You don't really have anxiety? No. Not, not as much. much, no. And Whereas like... my anxiety is massive, as you remember. Yeah, but I also um... think, like, I'm a bit more relaxed about it because... Um, like organising it with Mel means like I feel control. Yeah, yeah. I, it's a bit. You're more... lucky. I love yeah. being in control. Don't take that the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> God, this podcast. If we're like this, man. Seriously. <laughs> Mom, don't listen to it. Dad, don't listen to it. <laughs> Girlfriends, don't listen to it. No one listens to it. Thank you. Have you actually started recording? <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. No. <laughs> I, I, I actually thought you had. <laughs> I hate you so much. I'm not coming now, that's it. Meet up council, fuck everything. No. Oh dear. Okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready properly this time. <laughs> oh dear.